If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Let us pray. Father, this week has been a busy one. There have been distractions, attacks. Father, I I have no doubt that the evil one is trying everything he can to take our concentration away from you and away from what this season is really about. Father, I just ask that you continue to give us the mindset of this is all about your son. And Father, through those attacks that have happened to myself and others, Father, I just ask that your light shine through. Father, give us the courage to be the vessel for that. Because that's how you like to do it. You love to work through your children. So again, Father, I just I claim that. That you give us the courage and the boldness to stand up and be a light for you in any darkness that may try to penetrate. Father, today you've given me a sermon that I absolutely love to preach. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach it again. Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take any distraction, pride, selfishness, anger, Father, that you strip that from me and you replace it with you, Father. I need your boldness today, Father. I'm asking for your boldness and, Father, most importantly, your love to pour out onto your congregation today. Father, I just ask that the Holy Spirit completely take over, that my words are not my words. Father, everything that comes out of my mouth, I need it to be you. Do not allow me to get in your way. Ask these things in your name, Father. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. I want to start this sermon by asking you guys a few questions, and I do not want to show a hands. How many of you right now, is, is your, your house is out of order? How many of you are struggling in your marriage? How many of you feel a distance between you and your spouse in your home? Are your children out of line and disobedient? Do you feel a presence of evil in your home? Are you or your children losing sleep at night because of horrific nightmares? This is happening to a lot of Christians, and they don't know why. They go to church every Sunday. They go to church on Wednesday night for Bible study. They take their kids to youth. They do these things, but it looks like they're doing all the right things. But they don't understand why. I need you to understand right now that's an attack. You're being attacked. And you're being attacked by Satan himself and his demonic minions. That's who you're being attacked by. 
the good news is, guys, we don't have to tolerate these attacks. God has given us the authority to kick Satan out of our homes. And he's also given us a game plan on how to do this in his word. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's title is Protect Your House. Protect Your House. I preached this three and a half years ago. I went and looked it up online. And I also preached a sermon similar two years ago. I've combined both of them and added some new stuff to this that God has just continued to plan on me for the last three months. He's been preparing me for this sermon. Now, I know a lot of y'all that have been here since the beginning, y'all know how I feel about this and protecting your home, and y'all are going to hear some of the same things that I've always said. But I also know that some of you that haven't heard this before is going to be the most important sermon you've ever heard in your life. Because protecting your family and your home is your number one ministry. Amen? There's three steps to protecting your home. The first thing you must understand, guys is who you're actually fighting against. So step one is you got to know your enemy. Let's go look at Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is not earthly. It's not who you're fighting against. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, Christian warriors, the devil is real and he's out for your home and your family. He wants to destroy it. The reason why he wants to destroy it, and y'all have heard me say this many times preaching on marriage and family, is that's where God's kingdom's built. Marriage produced children, godly children that can continue to build the kingdom. But see, the devil knows that if he can slither into your house and destroy it, it stops God's kingdom from being built. There's no other place he'd rather attack, guys, than in your home. Not only do you need to acknowledge the devil, you need to study him. You need to know his tendencies, and you need to know his weaknesses. You need to have a game plan, guys. In 1991, the New York Giants, oh gosh, I didn't think, Taylor, don't say nothing, okay? In 1991, the New York Giants uh, had a a pretty good football team. They were okay, you know, 92, the Cowboys were a lot better. But anyway, 91, the Giants go to the Super Bowl, and they're playing the best team in the NFL. It was the Buffalo Bills at that time. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, this great powerful offense they scored a lot of points in fact the week before they beat the Raiders like 42 to nothing to go to the Super Bowl the Giants knew that they were outmatched they knew that but they had two of the greatest coaches of all time Bill Parcells and and then that other guy they set up a scheme a game plan and this was their game plan They knew good and well that the Bills were faster than them. They knew they were younger than them. So what they decided was they were going to hit them in the mouth. They were going to be more physical. They were going to be more aware. They were going to force them to have to run the ball. They won that game, guys. It was on a missed field goal at the end of the game. The Bills missed it. Norwood was wide left. I remember that. It was the first Super Bowl I watched, by the way, as a kid. 
I'll tell you how big a deal that was, is that game plan is in the Hall of Fame. It's in the Hall of Fame. The Giants were never supposed to win that game. But because they had an excellent game plan, but here's what I need you to catch. You got to execute the game plan. You can read that Bible all day long, but if you ain't executing it, you're going to lose. Amen? I can't believe I brought up the Giants. I don't know why I went that direction. God told me to for some reason. He feels sorry for them. They're not very good anymore. <laughs> the next thing you need to know about fighting the devil is that he is already defeated, guys. He's a defeated foe. He has zero authority over you and your family. He has none because God's given us a seal of protection. I want to go look at that. Ephesians 1, 11 through 13. In him, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, guys, when you became a Christian, when you became a believer in Christ, when you became a disciple, the Holy Spirit consumed you and sealed you. That's protection. We've been promised that. Again, that's our game plan. The game plan's written in his word. The game plan is we have the best player on the team, which is the Holy Spirit, but we're not using him. And we're getting attacked in our homes. This scripture, guys, it's telling us again that once you become a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit. But as children of God, guys, I need you to understand, we have the same power that Jesus had on this earth and even more. I'm going to prove it to you with scripture. We're going to look at John 14, 12 through 17. Got quite a bit here. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, in other words, anything that comes towards his will, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. That's the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He will be in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. We will do even greater things than Jesus did because he left us that great player, that number one player on the team. We have that. Again, you got to use it. The New Testament mentions Jesus casting out evil spirits or demons 55 times. Now, I'm going to tell you it was a lot more than that because there's a lot of times in Scripture where it says many people came to him. They couldn't keep count. But 55 times, they could keep count. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people came to him, and he was able to cast out these demons, guys. If Jesus did it, and he's telling us that we can do even greater things than he did, we can do the same thing. So how do we do this? How do we protect our homes from evil? 
before I go there, I want to say something. Some of y'all, I know we got some visitors here today, and, and I don't know how, how strong of believers you are in this, but I need y'all to understand that, again, the devil is real, and spiritual warfare is extremely serious. He will run rampant, guys. The questions I asked earlier, if those things are going on in your life, I need you to understand, again, I need you to really grasp this. You're being attacked. That's not a coincidence. That's not just because you made some little mistake, or that's not just because somebody else made a mistake. That's because Satan's come in and forced you to make the mistakes. I need you to really grasp this right now, okay? So again, how do we handle this? We're going to go look, uh, let's see, in, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends out his disciples to heal the sick and to cast out demons. I want to look at Mark 6, 12 through 13. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. In the Bible, the olive tree is a symbol of peace and reconciliation. So in other words, it can restore peace to what has been overtaken by evil. Okay? However, I need you to understand, it's not the oil that's doing the work. It's what the oil represents. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? So don't put all your faith in the oil. Understand me? Okay. It's not like the more oil you use, the, the better it is. You're just going to make your house nasty, and you ain't going to be able to walk. You're going to be sliding everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So the second step, guys, to protecting your home. The first step is knowing your enemy. The second step that you need to do is to anoint your home, and it needs to be with olive oil. Why olive oil? So many people will ask me this question. Why olive oil? Why can't it be some other oil? You know, uh, you know why can't it be car oil? You know, why does it got to be... Olive oil. Well, again, we see what the olive tree stands for, but here's the reason why it needs to be olive oil. But, but because, because that's what Jesus sent with the disciples. Man, that's my best answer for you. Aren't we disciples? Christian head nods. We are. You can shake your head, yes, yeah. If he was using it back then, if he allowed his disciples to go heal the sick and, and, and to cast out demons and he said use olive oil why wouldn't it be the same in the now testament just use olive oil jesus said so that's why that's why you use olive oil that's why i always tell everybody make sure your family's present guys when you do this they need to see it your kids need to see it your wife needs to see how serious you're taking it or your husband needs to see how serious you're taking it your spouse needs to see it your kids need to see it they need to understand that this is normal it's not weird it's not freaky the bible tells us to do this they need to understand that it needs to be normal to them it needs to be normal to where when they go buy their first home the first thing they do is anoint it with oil and pray over it you feel me it needs to be like second nature to them you need to pray over the oil. That's another step that you have to do. You literally, when you get that oil, you pray over it and you claim it holy. And you claim it holy. Because again, he's given us that authority to do so. So you pray over the oil. Get your family present. Pray over the oil. That's the next step when it comes to anointing your home. Now I want to show you guys, once you pray over it, once you've got your family present, you've prayed over the oil, now it's time to anoint your home, okay? 
if you could pull up that picture. Okay, so, so the way that you anoint your home, and I know I'm being very elementary here, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in here, I promise you right now, a lot of people have never done this. And that's okay, because guess what? Now you can. And here's the thing, if you don't do it now, then, then, then it's not teaching anything to the next generation of your family that's coming through. If you hadn't done it, you need to do it now. You need to do it now. So what you do is you literally get a drop of oil, just a drop. Like I said, guys, don't, don't start slapping oil everywhere. Just a drop of oil, okay? And, and you go through every window, and you mark it. Drop oil, mark it. Drop oil, mark it. Just mark it down the sides. Your doors, up the sides, across the top. Now you're thinking, Michael, why? Why do you do it this way? Because if you think about it, when Moses was bringing his people, the Israelites, God's people, when he was bringing them out of Egypt, they slaughtered a lamb, and what did they do with it? With the blood. So I need you to understand this is not a Micahism. We're following the guidelines that God has put in place, the game plan that God has put in place in his written word. We're going to use olive oil, not lamb's blood. Okay, We're going to use olive oil, and then we're going to anoint it the same way that they did. Now, it needs to be every window. It needs to be every door. Don't just mark your front door, because I'm going to tell you right now, Satan ain't going to come to you head on. He's going to sneak behind your back. He's going to come in the back door, right? So every single door, and then I'm going to tell you what I do. When we first bought our home, I anointed every room, every window in every room, every door in every room, every hallway. I anointed the, the doors on our bathrooms. That's how serious I take this, okay? Guys, especially if you just bought a house, you don't know what somebody left in there. You don't know what people were doing in that home. You better get that junk out. And if you just mark your front doors and everything, they're still in there. Once you do that, once you anoint the house, you've done all that, you come back and you pray again. Get your family, bring them together. Open the doors at this point in time. And here's why. They got to get out. Now, don't get me wrong. Sure, God can send them through the wall if he wants to. But guys, I need you to understand, it's a mindset. Open every door. Get your family. Go to the living room, kitchen. I don't care where you are. Get on your knees and start praying. God, this is your home. This ain't my home. This is your home. It needs to be protected. So, Father, in your name, I'm claiming that here. And, and you got to understand, you got to speak to Satan. You got to tell him, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of my house. Guys, okay, you know how we're supposed to be all meek and gentle and nice and, and, and patient? You know, all those fruits of the Holy Spirit, all that mess that's really hard to do. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that stuff's hard, right? This is the one time that God's like, get mad. You can get mad. You got to know your enemy. So you tell that enemy, you send him packing. Tell him to get a U-Haul. Get out. Because here's the thing, you ain't coming back in my house. As for me and my house, this is my house. And I'm allowing God to control my home. Guys, all you have to do is speak the name of Jesus. He's got to go. He can't handle it. You, you know, when Jesus went to, and forgive me, I can't remember the name of the island, forgive me, but he went to this island, and, uh, and there was a possessed man there. And this possessed man had multiple demons possessed in him. Multiple demons 
All Jesus had to do was show up. And the man looks at Jesus and says, why are you here? Are you here to torment me? Satan, the, de the demons, the demonic presence that was on this man knew immediately who Jesus was. And they started begging him to cast them out of the man and into some pigs. Now, I want you to understand pigs, that's, that was the most unclean animal at that time, right? And here's what's crazy about that. Satan did not want to face Jesus. Satan wanted to go into these pigs, and these pigs went and drowned themselves. I don't know about y'all, but I, I feel that the worst death in the world would be to drown. Satan took that over facing Jesus. They flee at the name of Jesus. Speak that name. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I cast you out of my home. That's all you got to do. That's it. Oh. Mm. Ask God to show you in your home where the evil presence is. Ask him that. So, a while back here at the church, we had a situation where we felt an evil presence in the church. I'm fixing to get to this. Because here's the thing, after you cast him out, that doesn't mean he won't come back. When we bought this property, trust me, we anointed it. We prayed over everything. But that doesn't mean he can't come back. And we're going to get to that. But anyway, so, so not, not too long ago, we had this situation at the church. And, and we felt this evil presence. And I, I was like, God, show me where he is. Show me where he's at. Because I'm going to talk to him. I want to talk to him. I walk into the men's bathroom. And as soon as I walked in, y'all, the hair on my arm stood straight up. And I just felt it. And I literally said, all right, where's he at? And he said he's in the last stall and he's in the corner and he's crouched down and he's crying because he knows what you're fixing to do to him. So y'all say, say I'm crazy. I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. In fact, I want you to think I'm out of my mind because it's, it is. Like I said this last week, it's a spiritual realm, okay? So I walked to the last stall and I opened the door and as soon as I opened it again, I just felt it. You know what I'm saying? And I looked down in that corner and I told that dude a few things, okay? And then I asked God for forgiveness for how I talked to him in the church because I was pretty upset and I was mad at him and I didn't want him in the church. Amen? Because y'all are family. This is our family. That evil presence doesn't need to be around here. Amen? And again, you, you got to speak to him. So we, we had this evil, this, this kind of all happened at the same time. And then I got word from somebody that there was something maybe in the study. First of all, that, that's my study. You know what I'm saying? Don't come in my study. So I walked in there. This was on a Wednesday night. I walk in there. Same thing, guys. As soon as I walk in, the hair on my arm stood up. I knew something was there. I shut the door. Told him to sit down. I opened my Bible and started reading the story that I just told you guys about Legion. That was, that was the guy's name that was corrupted by the, 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 the demons. That was, uh, so so anyway, I just started reading that scripture to him. And I felt him getting madder and madder and madder. And I loved it. I loved it. I started laughing at him. And, and I, could, I could sense him. He was trying to get out the door. And I was like, sit back down. I'm not done. If you're going to come in this church, you're going to get preached at. And I preached at him for 30 minutes. Probably the best sermon I ever preached. <laughs> <laughs> 
Talk to him. Guys, that's your opportunity. Let him know how you feel. Because here's the thing. The more that you beat him up like that, you think he wants to come back in here after I preached at him for 30 minutes? Some of y'all don't want to come back in here after I preach to you for 30 minutes. <laughs> Anoint your vehicles, your carport, your garage. Don't forget those. Your vehicles, especially if you've got teenagers driving. Anoint those vehicles. Claim protection over those vehicles. I know I'm kidding, but at the same time, I'm being very serious. Every vehicle that I own has been anointed with olive oil and prayed over and claimed protection over. And not just for my child, but anybody that gets in it and any other vehicle that comes around it. It's serious stuff, y'all. I know I might sound crazy to some of y'all, but it's serious stuff. If you're a business owner, anoint your business. Anoint your business. If, you, if, you, if you're not a business owner and you got a boss, go to your boss and ask him if you can anoint the business one morning when nobody else is there. I'm serious. If he won't let you, anoint your office. Amen? Don't let an evil presence come around you. Y'all, we've literally seen an evil presence show up to a place that was anointed and they had to leave. They couldn't handle it. Anoint your home, anoint your vehicles, anoint everything that you are spending time in because it protects you from that evil presence. It'll make them think twice. Trust me. So when we talk about anointing a home, again, the one question I get most of the time is, once you anoint it, can he come back? And again, unfortunately, yes, which leads us to our third and final step of protecting your home. And that's to be on guard. Husbands and fathers. And single moms. I'm talking to you right now. If the evil one gets in your home, it's either your fault or it's going to be your fault for not kicking him out. Your number one job is to protect your family, your children. I need y'all to really take this serious. Because the thing is, guys, what happens is, is you think everything's okay in your home. And I'm going to tell you how Satan works. He'll creep in, he'll do something really small first. Something really small, so it won't grab your attention as the leader of the household. You won't even know it happened if you're not on guard. Then he'll come back and he'll attack again and it'll be something a little bigger. But again, if you're not on guard, you're not even noticing it. Because here's the thing, he's attacking your kids or he's attacking your spouse and they're not telling you about it. They're not telling you. And you're thinking, well, Micah, how am I supposed to know if they're not telling me? You'll know. We'll fix and get to that. You must be on guard all the time because that family... God is entrusting you with that family. You need to protect your family just like God protects us. About once a month, 
You need to walk through your house and do a cleanse is what we call it, a cleanse. What, what would you, what you do, this is what I do, is I've got my oil, I'm walking through the house, and I'll walk in a room, and if I don't feel any evil presence, I go to the next room, and I'll go to the next room, and I'll go to the next room, but if I feel anything that feels evil at any point, I'm anointing that room again, and then guess what I'm doing, I'm going to the front door, and I'm opening it, and I'm kicking it out. If you ask God to show you that evil presence or to feel it, you'll feel it. The closer your relationship is with the Holy Spirit, the more sensitive you are with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to let you know when there's evil around. Guys, I, I, in, my, in my walk, I've literally walked past somebody and was like, mm, there's something there. And, and confirmation has always come after that, too. That's what's really cool. One night, myself, and uh, we were having Bible study in here on a Wednesday night. And uh, me and Marilyn uh, were sitting close to each other. An individual walked in, never been to the church before. As soon as he walked through those doors, I wasn't even looking back there, y'all. I was looking up here, and as soon as he walked through those doors, I felt God move my head and look at that guy, and I knew there was a problem. I knew there was a problem. What was funny was Marilyn was sitting there close to me. I looked over at Marilyn, and her eyes were this big. She felt it too. That individual did not stay long at all. Again, I have no doubt it's because we anointed this church and he didn't like the feeling he was getting in here. Two days later, that individual got arrested for child molestation. Protection. God, this is what you pray, God, when there's an evil presence around me or my family or like we do here, or the church. Father, show it to us. It's exactly what he did to me. Marilyn has a gift, and that gift is seeking out evil presence. And that's why we know Jay is a great guy. <laughs> but all kidding aside, Marilyn, I was telling you guys about the evil presence that we felt in the church. She does the cleanse once a month in this church because she has a major gift of feeling those things. We use those spiritual gifts in this church, guys. And this is why. Multiple times she has come to me, Micah, this is what I feel. Micah, I sense there's something here. Well, then guess what? We fix and go anoint and pray. We finna claim that mess out of here because in the name of Jesus, it has to leave. But this is why I need y'all to grasp. So many people don't do that. There's churches that don't do that. We take it very serious. The protection of this congregation this family, myself and leadership, take it very serious. We want y'all protected, not just from the outside world, but from the spiritual realm of all this evilness that's trying to get into this church. And I need y'all to understand the reason why it's trying to get in this church because we're doing something right. If you're not getting attacked, that's a problem. I'm just being honest. We had a situation 
where somebody came to us, they felt an evil presence in their home. Myself and Marilyn sat down with this individual and got to talking. And after a little bit of time talking and kind of researching what was going on in her, in her life and the homes that she had been in and so forth, there was something in her home that we told her she needed to get rid of immediately. It was a dream catcher. And here's what I want to tell you guys. Now listen, they're pretty. I ain't going to lie. They're pretty. They're cool. But here's the thing about dream catchers. Dream catchers are supposed to protect you from bad dreams, right? God protects you from bad dreams. Now, a lot of people didn't know, they don't know this, and that's okay. Now this individual does, and, and it was so cool, man, because once we told this individual that, they went home and immediately got rid of it. And this is what was cool. I, I told this individual, I said, don't just throw it in the trash because then somebody else is going to pick it up. And, and then that evil's attached to it and they're going to take it with them. She tried to burn it. It wouldn't burn. She had to cut it up in a bunch of little pieces. What was so cool after that was reaching out to this individual. And what I love about it is I know how much she grew in this moment. And I have no doubt that this individual from here forward is going to know the presence that's around her just because of that one act of obedience. But I asked her, I said, any more evil presence around you since then? Not a dadgum thing. And I'm going to tell you why I'm so proud of her is because that was given to her by her late grandmother. That was a, that was a family piece. You know what I'm saying? But at some point, you've got to realize, again, everybody's heart's in the right place when they give things like that because they just they don't get it. But in the spiritual realm, God takes that very serious. And we need to as well. So proud of her. If Satan comes back, if you've anointed the home and he comes back, there's two reasons for this. There's two explanations. Number one, you let him back in yourself. You let him back in. You either did something in your home that allowed him back in, or you did something outside of the home and he attached himself to you and came back in. You have to stay away. You cannot fall to the temptations of Satan. Because again, if you do, it's attached to you. You bring it into your home. Let's look at James 4, 7. Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If he's not fleeing, you're not resisting. You've let him come and get attached to you. And you've allowed him in your home. That's the thing. You, you, you can't allow it, guys. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about it, okay? The music you listen to in your home. The music you listen to in your car. The, the TV, the, the shows that you watch, you know, have you been watching horrific, you know, horror movies? Social media. Are you allowing negativity from social media to anger you in your home? Pornography. That's nothing but demons. Demons. All of those. 
And if you're doing that in your home, they're in your home. And they're running rampant. And here's the bad part about it. They're not just on you. As soon as the spiritual leader of the household allows them in the home, they fix them run rampant on your spouse and on your children. You need to have the mindset when you're tempted with something of that nature. If I do this, it's going to attack my children. It's going to attack my spouse. Don't allow that to happen. Have the mindset of that. When you're tempted with something like that, and yeah, it looks good, you think, oh man, nobody will know. You'll know. Once you get back home and your house is total chaos. Guys, y'all think I'm kidding about that. I'm dead serious. You're allowing that crap in your home. You're allowing those evil presences in your home. And they're attacking your family. If you don't believe me, start thinking about it. The last time you did something in your home you shouldn't have, how's it been since then? Won't you think about it? I can always tell when I go home or if I'm at the house and, and things are out of order, my first thought process is, where did I let him in? Where did I mess up? I start hitting rewind. And most of the time, there it is. I found it. I got prideful right here. I got angry right here. And I allowed him in my home. And then guess what I do? I open the door and I cast him out. Every single time. Every single time. I'm going to finish this up. I have what I call a prayer tree outside of my house. I park right under it. So if I'm throughout the day struggling, like if I had a bad day at work, you know what I'm saying, like, and I got mad and I let pride take over and I made a mistake, before I walk in my home, I stand at that prayer tree and I pray and I leave it there. I don't let it go in my home. Now, again, you can use whatever you want to, but my suggestion is, especially you fathers, you have something that you can go to outside of your home and you leave it there. You don't have to do that. But again, it's a mindset. If you, if you have a mindset of doing it, then you have a discipline of doing it. And you do it constantly. Because the one time you slip up, you let him in. And it's hard to figure it out a lot of times. The second reason the evil in your home, or came back to your home once you anointed it, is because somebody else brought it in. This could be your spouse, your kids, a friend, a family member, or a repairman. Or woman. I had some ladies look at me really mean right there. My suggestion here is if you're having a get-together at your home, you pray before people come in, and then after they leave, you, you pray again. Father, I've got people coming over to the house today. In your name, I claim protection over my home. I've anointed this home. I have been obedient to what you've asked. I have followed your order. Now, Father, I'm asking for your protection. And if Satan slips in, show me. And then when they leave, Father, I prayed over this beforehand. Now I'm praying again. If there's something here, show it to me. Walk through the house. Just walk through the house. The Holy Spirit will show you. He'll let you know real quick, 
if there's an evil presence in your home. And again, cast them out. Guys, some of the ways that you can, uh, the ways that you can be on guard and it not be about you. I mean, for instance, like if, if somebody allows this back in your house, right, what can you do? I mean, so you can do that. You can pray protection. You can do all that. But another thing about being on guard is teaching your kids how to be on guard. Teaching your spouse how to be on guard. In other words, Caroline, just a few, like two weeks ago, she went to Sadie. And she told Sadie, she said, I feel like there's, there's, a, there's an evil presence, a demon following me. What happened was, is me and Amanda went out to eat, and Annabelle and, and Caroline were at the house, and Caroline was down in the family room, and she heard something, and it scared her, and she ran upstairs, and she said it was a demon. Now, here's the thing. Some people laugh at that. It's a demon because it scared my child. It scared my child. God's not a God of fear. Demon's trying to get into my 10-year-old's head. Now, what I love about this was is Sadie told her, she was talking to Sadie about it, and Sadie told her, she said, all you got to do, you just got to pray. You just got to cast that demon out. And they were sitting there in front of me when they were talking about it, and I looked at Caroline, and I said, baby, all you got to do is say in the name of Jesus. My 10-year-old now knows when she feels fear that it's evil, and she can pray and cast it out in the name of Jesus. Our children need to know this. And again, they need to know it in an early age, so it's second nature to them. Because they're going to be attacked. I mean, my kid's 10, you know, it, it's going to happen more and more and more. There's nothing that we can do about that. But we can teach them how to handle it themselves. And again, it needs to be at an early age, guys. Don't let an evil presence linger in your home. If you feel it, don't go to sleep that night. Start walking through the house. Figure it out. Cast it out. Make sure that you're doing that. Don't let it linger, guys. Again, if you let it linger, it starts as a small attack and it just starts to add up. Guys, I want to close with a great example of God's protection over a home and family from the Bible. But before I do, I want to review these three steps again. If you could pull those up for me, please. Know your enemy anoint your home, and then be on guard. Those are your three steps of protecting your house. That's all you got to do, guys. I want to end with a story. This is from Joshua. It's the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 2, for those of y'all who don't know, Joshua was, was Moses' second-hand man. And when Moses passed away, Joshua was now in charge of the Israelite army. And he was leading them through, and God was telling him literally to go into these towns and kill everything, take everything over, because it needed to be theirs. It needed to be the Israelites. This was going to be their property. So a lot of y'all have heard the story of Jericho. That's the one with the big walls. You know, they walk around it seven times all crazy, and they blow the horns, and the walls fall down, right? Right, Christian head nods? Y'all heard this story? Okay, good, very good. Okay, so, so what happens is, in Joshua chapter 2, before they did all that, Joshua sent in two spies, and these two spies go throughout. They're looking through the town. They're trying to find the weaknesses, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what kind of army they have and all this kind of stuff, and they almost get caught, but there was a prostitute named Rahab, and God put it on her heart to protect these two men. So she hid them from the soldiers when the soldiers were out looking for these two spies. She had a red velvet rope of some sorts, and uh, that's how once the soldiers had left and they didn't find these two spies, that was hanging from her window 
And that's how these spies got out. Now, here's what I need you to grasp. I said hanging from her window. She lived in the wall. The Bible says that she lived in the wall. You grab that board for me, brother. In chapter 6 of Joshua, in chapter 6, this is when they're standing there and they're surrounding the walls and they're fixing to blow the trumpets, okay? Now I need you to catch something. Do not make fun of my drawing. Those are not teeth. This is the wall of Jericho, okay? This is the sky up here, okay? Here's the sun, a few clouds, okay? Thank you. Here's the wall of Jericho, okay? All right, now I need you all to understand, there's people living in these walls, okay? People literally living in these walls. They, they had apartments, if you want to say, inside of these walls, okay? Some of these windows are bigger than others, but it's okay. Y'all can't see. Is that better? Yeah, okay. This is Rahab's apartment. There's that velvet rope coming down. The Bible tells us that when they blew the trumpets, ram's horn, excuse me, the walls fell down, right? But Rahab lived in the wall. And in chapter 6, Rahab lived. She lived. And what the soldiers told her was this, or excuse me, the two spies told her this, said, do not leave your home. You stay in your home. Leave that rope down so we know that's where you are. And you'll be protected. They promised her this. They reminded it to Joshua. Joshua said, okay, God will protect them. She lived in the wall, y'all. Didn't the wall fall down? The whole wall fell down, except for Rahab's. Because God protected her. She, he anointed this woman and her home and her family. And he protected her. And, and here's what I need you to grasp, guys. No matter how much evil is around you, no matter if it's on your right or your left or in front or behind you, no matter what neighborhood you live in, no matter what's going on in your neighborhood, all that evil around you, God will destroy and he will leave you standing. Guys, anoint your home, protect your family. This is what he'll do. You'll be left standing, no matter how bad it is around you. I'm going to close with the same question that I started with, guys. Is your family struggling? Is your marriage struggling? Are your kids crazy? Do 
Do you sense that evil presence? Do you have an uneasiness in your home? Do you not want to go home after work because you don't like the feeling when you walk in the door? You're getting attacked. It's time to take a stand. It's time to kick him out. If you don't, he's just going to linger there. He's not going to go away. Today, I have 250 small little vials of oil, olive oil. One of my associates put it in every one of these. So if y'all see Kelsey, thank her, okay? Guys, number one, I need you to understand, if you've never done this before, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel ashamed. You didn't know. Trust me, I, I didn't do this until about 10 years ago in my home. I didn't know. I had no idea. Lived 30 years of my life, and I, I didn't know nothing about this. Nobody taught this to me. I'm teaching it to you today because I know it's a problem that we have. You got 250 vials of oil up here that I'm fixing to pray over, and we're going to pray over as a church. If you need it, if you hadn't anointed your home, come grab one and anoint your home today. Amen.